Michael, I scowled. You and I have been chasing all over town for the past two weeks, going up against every ghost and spirit that has all of a sudden reared its ugly head. We still don't know what's causing the spirit world to go postal. I know that, Harry, but... At the moment, I interrupted, we're going after a nasty old biddy at Cook County who could kill us if we aren't focused. And you're asking me about my love life. <sighs> Michael frowned at me. You're sleeping with her, aren't you? He said. Not often enough, I growled and shifted lanes, swerving around a passenger bus. The knight sighed. Do you love her? he asked. Michael, I said, give me a break. When do you get off asking questions like that? Do you love her? he pressed. I'm trying to drive here. Harry, he said, smiling. Do you love the girl or don't you? It isn't a difficult question. Speaks the expert, I grumbled. I went past a blue and white at about 20 miles an hour over the speed limit and saw a police officer behind the wheel blink and spill his coffee as he saw me go past. I checked my rearview mirror and saw the blue bulbs on the police car whirl to life. Damn it, that tears it. The cops are going to be coming in right after us. Oh, don't worry about them, Michael assured me. Just answer the question. I flashed Michael a glance. He watched me, his face broad and honest, his jaw strong, his gray eyes flashing. His hair was cropped close, marine length, on top, but he sported a short warrior's beard, which he kept clipped close to his face. I suppose so, I said after a second. Yeah. Then you don't mind saying it. Saying what? I stalled. Harry, Michael scolded, holding on as we bounced through a dip in the street. Don't be a child about this. If you love the woman, say so. Why? I demanded. You haven't told her, have you? You've never said it. I glared at him. So what if I haven't? She knows. What's the big deal? Harry Dresden, he said. You of all people should know the power of words. Look, she knows, I said, tapping the brakes and then flattening the accelerator again. I got her a card. A card, Michael asked. A hallmark. A hallmark, he sighed. Let me hear you say the words. What? Say the words, he demanded. If you love the woman, why can't you say so? I don't just go around saying that to people, Michael. Stars and sky, that... I just couldn't, all right? You don't love her, Michael said. I see. You know that's not... Say it, Harry. If it will get you off my back, I said, and gave the beetle every ounce of gas that I could. I could see the police and traffic somewhere behind me. All right, I flashed Michael a ferocious, wizardly scowl and snarled. I love her. There, how's that? Michael beamed. You see? That's the only thing that stands between you two. You're not the kind of person who says what they feel. Or who is very introspective, Harry. Sometimes you just need to look into the mirror and see what's there. I don't like mirrors, I grumbled. Regardless, you needed to realize that you do love the woman. After Elaine, I thought you might isolate yourself too much and never... I felt a sudden flash of anger and vehemence. I don't talk about Elaine, Michael, ever. If you can't live with that, get the hell out of my car and let me work on my own. Michael frowned at me, probably more for my choice of words than anything else. I'm talking about Susan, Harry. If you love her, you should marry her. I'm a wizard. I don't have time to be married. I'm a knight, Michael responded, and I have time. It's worth it. You're alone too much. It's starting to show. I scowled at him again. What does that mean? You're tense, grumpy, and you're isolating yourself more all the time. 
You need to keep up human contact, Harry. It'd be so easy for you to start down a darker path. Michael, I snapped. I don't need a lecture. I don't need the conversion speech again. I don't need the cast aside your evil powers before they consume you speech again. What I need is for you to back me up while I take care of this thing. Cook County Hospital loomed in sight, and I made an illegal U-turn to get the Blue Beetle up the emergency entrance lane. Michael unbuckled his seatbelt, even before the car had come to a stop, and reached into the back seat to draw an enormous sword, fully five feet long, in its black scabbard from the back seat. He exited the car and buckled on the sword. Then he reached back in for a white cloak with a red cross on the left breast, which he tossed over his shoulders with a practiced motion. He clasped it with another cross, this one of silver, at his throat. It clashed with his flannel workman's shirt, blue jeans, and steel-toed work boots. Can't you leave the cloak off at least?